Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside my normal co-host Deepak Gohill and my abnormal co-host Kev Nalen. Hello guys. Hi everyone. Evening. We were so close. The 49ers went into Arizona to take on the division rival Cardinals and left with loss number eight on the season. But it was nothing like a game we'd seen previously this season. Instead, the 49ers started off poorly, gaining just four net yards going into the second quarter before the halftime talk seemed to have a desired effect and the 49ers played like they meant it. Hyde coming off the back of an injury was pretty ineffective and Duan Harris was annoyingly underused despite a decent game last week against the Saints. Instead, the running was covered by Kaepernick again while the majority of the 49ers yardage was made up through the air. But it all wasn't enough as the 49ers fell foul of clock management and the Cardinals' two-minute drill to lose in the end 23-20 in what was actually a very, very interesting game, wasn't it, Kev? It was indeed, Uh made a pleasant surprise. I think after the first quarter, we all felt, oh, here we go again. Not even managed to have a decent first quarter this time around, and it's all looking down the barrel of a gun. And then it uh, turned around, and we were competitive. We managed to um, keep the offence on the field for a bit longer than we have done recent weeks. And the defence actually managed to stop anybody getting a 100-yard rushing game first time in eight weeks. Mm. Been there... Quite a few changes in what we've seen from the 49ers in this game against the Cardinals. Deepak, what was the biggest change for you? What was the biggest difference between what we've seen previously with the 49ers and what we saw against the Cardinals? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. What was the biggest difference? I mean, I don't know if we actually set about to play any differently than we normally do. I would assume that the players and the coaches would study the film and, and, and give it their best shot. I think, certainly from our perspective, what was different is that we actually managed to close out a competitive game. Now, even though we didn't win it, you know, it took a last-second field goal. And when, basically, Arizona had to do a two-minute drill to get into field goal range, you sort of knew that they were going to be able to do that, especially with Fitzgerald playing. What was different? Yeah, yeah our defence... Again, they spent a, an awful lot of time on the field, but they, they, they pulled it out. They seem to have that little bit of extra stamina that perhaps hasn't been there in some of the other games that have stayed close before the chasm has widened, you know, and, and, they've, and they kept it close for the offense. And I think, you know, a, a, a loss is still a loss, but, you know, you, you'd, you'd have to be extremely cruel not to take something bottom this game. The game day thread that we had running... Um was extremely busy all sorts of emotions going on between as kev you said oh no here we go again as we're going through the for- the, the first quarter third quarter we still didn't score a touchdown but then the fourth quarter the 49ers really sort of came alive didn't they um we saw the offense maintaining drives moving the ball down the field and taking time off the clock which in turn, gave the defence some time to rest. Stats-wise, Kaepernick was 17 of 30 for 210 yards and one touchdown. He also led rushing, as we said, 10 for 55 yards. Hyde, Hyde looked like he was playing with an injury, didn't he? He was 13 for four, 13 attempts for 14 yards. So you're looking at more or less 1.1 yard per rush. That's not the kind of numbers that we expect from our lead running back, is it? No, his productivity was very, very low. And 
I think there were signs to suggest that he, he was quite sluggish. I think, um, again, when you mentioned the game day thread, we sort of touched upon it in there that there was a, a pass in the end zone that Kaepernick had thrown. And I think it was uh, overthrown slightly. Okay. But mm. I, I do think that he should have caught that. It was a catchable ball. And yes, Kaepernick didn't put any touch on it, but I think our receivers and backs would be idiots if they knew if they were guessing the cap could put a touch on the, his throws because he can't. He's a bullet passer. You know, Dan Marino never threw with a touch. Mm. That's not a criticism on cap. I think he got the ball out there. It was in a catchable position. And Hyde yeah. didn't make the play. And and when I saw it the first time around, I, I was quite disappointed because I thought he didn't hustle enough. He didn't want to catch that ball badly enough and he just let it go. And what hurt me the most is that it's not often we get an opportunity to to make that sort of play count for seven points, and we um, and we passed it up when when Hyde sort of gave it away, gave it up. Sorry, you know. So a little bit disappointed, but it could be, well, be that he isn't a hundred percent, and certainly his productivity of one point one yard per carry suggests that not everything is well. It's certainly not what we were expecting. Um, time of possession we know has been an issue through this season with the 49ers offense spending far too little time on the field and the defense spending far too long. This game, much more balanced. The 49ers, 27 minutes and 42 seconds. Arizona, 32-18. More or less 50-50 between the two teams. One of the one of the big issues for the 49ers yesterday, uh, we're recording this Monday if you're listening to it on any other day of the week, um, but one of the big issues that raised its head in that game against Arizona were the penalties. Kev, nine penalties, 100 yards, and the timing of some of those penalties really hurt the 49ers, didn't it? Yeah, and it's more about the timing than anything mm. because... Two consecutive plays, we went from a first and 10 in a promising position to a first and 30. Yeah. And it's just, at the time when you're trying to get momentum, the penalty just kill it at the wrong time. Because mm. still, nine for 100, that's kind of average for the amount of penalties that most teams get in a game. It's just where they happen and when they happen that seems to slow us Kevin, down. would you say the penalties mm. are avoidable per se and what I mean by avoidable is that to me penalties like when you give one up in a critical part of the game it's not just as there are other other teams like the Steelers they they lost to Dallas yesterday on account of uh, a completely unnecessary face call face masking penalty you know they got away with one so they thought they'd try it again and I do think that there is a lack of discipline and you know we, we we blame Balky and we blame Jed York and everything else but do you not think Chip Kelly needs to keep a tighter rein on these players and, and, and make them disciplined because those, those penalties hurt us a lot yeah and we've been doing it earlier in the season so I think we're still the least pen- well the least accepted penalties of any team in the league but yeah, we just need to because it, most of it is just like lapses in concentration yeah. it's, it's that piece and Yes, we notice it a lot because we're following the 49ers, but watching a lot of the other games, the amount of boneheaded penalties from players, you just think, what on earth are yeah. they doing? It's, it's like they've never watched a game tape before. It's like they don't know what the rules are. Granted, in some cases, it's a bit difficult to know what the rules are, 
<laughs> but surely you're a professional. You should know what's going on doing that. And you need to rein yourself in a bit. It's just stupid most of the time. Let's get to some of the comments that we've had coming in on Facebook because there's been a hell of a lot. I want to try and get through as many as possible. Uh, Matt Greening, when you have the Eagles fans laughing when you sign a new head coach, you know you're in trouble. Jason Argo asks a question based on that. A lot of people want Chip Kelly out. Who would want to replace him and who could do the job? Are there really that many people calling for Chip Kelly to go? Probably isn't, but that's not to say that Chip Kelly's doing a grand old job. You know, I mean, he's had a free pass for a lot of reasons. And and I, and I think you have to defend Chip Kelly for quite a lot. But at the same time, you know, he ultimately has to take the blame for certain things. And I think one of those things would be what we just talked about, the penalties. You know, that's discipline. That's something, it's not something technical that you have to coach a player into. It's discipline, you know. And I do think that... You know, it's, it's sort of every time this year we have this blame culture, rightly so, where we have to find somebody to blame because we're so awful, you know. And it's Balky is the favourite, okay? Everybody wants to stick a finger in Balky's face. And that's fine, you know. But Chip Kelly has, um, he, he needs to step up a little bit, you know. He, he needs to, to show that, um, yes, he's inherited a mess, but he's the best man that can process that mess. Because just like I still believe Kaepernick and Gabbert are not a part of our future, I don't believe Chip Kelly is the, is the coach that we need when we go into a proper rebuild in two or three years' time. And I, I said that deliberately because I still don't believe we're ready for a rebuild for at least another two seasons. And there were a couple of times, especially in the first quarter yesterday, when the shots panned to the sideline and Chip Kelly looked like that befuddled uncle you get at um, family parties who doesn't know what the hell's going on. I've had the same thought myself, yes. <laughs> he, he looks lost as if, you know, as, as if he doesn't have a clue what's going on in the film. Maybe he doesn't, who knows. Um, let's get back to some of the comments. Nathaniel James, a lot of penalties committed yesterday. There needs to be some control. Kaepernick showed signs of his 2012 performance, but I think next week is going to be really, really tough. Uh, Jason Argo again. I also think Hyde had been rushed back. He didn't look 100%. We've already spoken about that. Andy Smith. So, do we think Jim O'Neill has any idea whatsoever how he managed to mastermind some solid run defence for once in his career? More importantly, can he and they recreate more of the same in coming weeks? Or is it back to conceding another 150-yard-plus rusher next week? I've got a theory about this. Oh, do tell. So he moved up to the um, booth during the Mm. game last week. He spent the whole of this game up in the stadium. I think that the players are playing better this week because they've not got Jim O'Neill on the sidelines draining all their spirit out of them. (laughs) That's what it is. I love your theory, Kev. (laughs) Um, Bjorn Kleigru. Bjorn, I really hope I've pronounced your surname right. If I haven't, um, yeah, not much I can do about it. This is the first time in two years that I've really enjoyed a game that I think we had every chance of winning. He puts in brackets, I consider the Rams game and the Vikes game last year a fluke. Uh, Good defence, solid offence. If it wasn't for some miracle catches and stupid penalties, we would have won. I'd take that against the cards any day. We also didn't mess up our draft position. 
Miracle catches. We we need to spend just a couple of minutes talking about them. Larry Fitzgerald. There's something going on with that guy. Some of the catches that he pulled off against us in that game were absolutely incredible, weren't they? Proper fingertip in-flight catches. Well, the commentary team said he's on his way to Canton, and whilst I think the the bar is actually quite low to get there, like unlike previous years, he deserves to go. You know, he is a Hall of Famer. He's had a superb career, and he's he's taken that team to where they are today. So, can't really complain about being turned over by Larry Fitzgerald, can you? No, and the thing being is, he didn't even make some of the best catches. So, I think the two best ones that I saw in the game, including the one late on, um, came from Floyd. Yes. Hmm, I don't know. The, uh, the, the Larry Fitzgerald catch where we thought he'd possibly broken his ribs was a pretty good catch and then the one where we thought he'd broken his neck but he went off with an injured knee instead they they were pretty uh pretty decent catches yeah well i think i think there were two of the floyd ones i thought were especially yeah. impressive and that's what i think um nathaniel's on about is that mm. yeah there were mm. some really high quality catches and then you look at perhaps there are a couple that we didn't catch particularly well Yes. There was one, yeah. a Tory Smith one. Yes, it was a little bit low, but that was an easily catchable ball across the middle with yeah. room to run. And Hyde didn't make a full effort, probably because he's not fully fit and he shouldn't have really been playing. Mm-hmm. But that one in the end zone, that was a catchable yeah, ball. It yes, it was. It was. And there was, there was one occasion, um, I think it was late on in the game, and even the commentators said that Cap was looking and there was no one to throw the ball to. And immediately you see Vance McDonald running from one side of the field to the other, completely in the open, right in front of Kaepernick. But Kaepernick wasn't looking at him. And it would have been it, it would have been a nailed on first down and many, many yards after the catch as well. But it was just one of those things. Back talking, to the comment. Oh, go on. No, while we're talking about Vance, um, has he had a hand transplant? Because he hasn't <laughs> dropped anything the last couple of weeks. He's, he's been doing well. I know he's mentioned in the thread yesterday that, um, I think Mark Lyon said it, that uh, we've actually got a ringer in for him because uh, <laughs> he's making catches and he's, doesn't appear to have his normal dropsy. He's certainly had a change in his game, hasn't he? He's been good, actually. Um, Vance McDonald has been a good safety valve for Kaepernick to, 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 to pass, it, pass the ball to. and like, yeah, He's got a sure grip, but if you notice, it's his yards after the catch. They're the ones that are, are really, really making the difference. It's not that he's catching the short pass; he's actually getting some some good groundage after after the after the catch. So long may it continue. I say. We're going to come back to the comments in just a minute. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. It's kind of the elephant in the room that is cropping up on us now. After game five, and Blaine Gabbert was benched, and everybody said, "Well, okay." He had a record of one and four. Let's give Kaepernick five games, see how he does. If he does no good, we give Christian Ponder five games. Okay, so Blaine Gabbert had a record of one and four. Kaepernick's played four, lost four. No matter what happens next week against the Pats, he cannot have a better record than Blaine Gabbert. Even with a win next week, it'd be uh, it'd be one and four. 
would you still bench Kaepernick after next week's game and give Christian Ponder five games? Oh, boy. Mm. It, it's one that I've... I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be completely open. I was one of the people saying, give Kaepernick five games. We gave Gabbert five games, give Kaepernick five games, and let's see how he does. I've wrestled with this myself all day. I think, I, at the time, I said give all of them five games, so it's, it's time for mm. Ponder to have five games. Look, I, I've, got to, I've got to say this. Kaepernick hasn't played terribly, okay? But he hasn't won any games mm. either. Neither's Gabbard. And no. you could argue, could we, if we played the way we had, could we have beaten any of the other games that we'd lost in that we were competitive in for a quarter or two quarters? You know, we, we, we don't. The only stat we know is won and lost. You know, but that's mm. not to say Kaepernick hasn't produced good things. He he has, and but his stats aren't brilliant. You know, was it two? Can you tell me his passing mm. stats? Was it two hundred and ten yards? No, it's a hundred and something. Yeah, two hundred and ten yards. And uh, how many yards rushing? Was it fifty something? Fifty-five. Uh, fifty-five. Yeah, fifty-five yards rushing, two hundred and ten. Those kind of of numbers for a quarterback in terms of rushing are gravy. You know, we have running backs to run the ball for us, but. The other thing I saw about Cap was when he ran, he wasn't running without fear. He, I commented quite a few times on the game day thread. He would slide literally two steps too soon, as if he was terrified of getting hurt. You know, so I still think he he did, he did. But as the game went on, I saw more and more confidence in Kaepernick, and and his rush, his rushing and his passing. He did go for the long ball. Now I'm not saying that give Kaepernick the, the job for the rest of the season. I'm still undecided, I'll be honest. I still don't know. I think it more hedges on how the team play next week against uh against the Patriots. If you know, if if we fall off a cliff then yeah, for definite cut him and put Quentin Patton in all uh, Quentin Patton? Yeah, we'll have Quentin Patton in sod it. <laughs> uh, Christian Ponder. Why did I think Quentin Patton? Who knows? Um but We've we've seen a gradual progression in Kaepernick. Like you say, it's not like he's been bad. He's not been perfect by any means, but he has got better and better with each game. Whereas with Blaine Gabbert, he tended to get worse and worse with each game. If you know, if we ignore the one win that we've got this season, which everybody says was a you know nobody can say we deserved. Based on how we've played since, no one can say we deserved that win. That was an LA Rams team that didn't know how to play football. The game against the Cardinals was the closest we've come, not just in score, but in performance to a win. And, you know, may- maybe if one or two things had gone in our favour, we-, we would have had the win in that game. Is it is it right to, to be talking about benching Kaepernick? Uh. Or... Does his performance so far give him maybe an extra game? Because if we give, if we've given Gabbert five, we get Kaepernick five, we get Christian Ponder five. We've still got to find a QB for a sixteenth game. Yeah. Now I think maybe this conversation's a little bit premature because he's still got to play that other mm. game. Having said that, it, it's of no consequence what happens in that other game, as you rightly said. It doesn't matter, you know, whether we win or not. You mm. know, his what we're looking at is not. His head-to-head versus Gabbert. I think what we need to be looking at is who is going to be the more likely QB to be our quarterback during a rebuild and a transition, you know. And 
would Kaepernick want to stay here after this season? You know, a lot of people think he's going to be leaving us. So what? what's the point of playing somebody who's not ultimately going to be here? You know, so a lot of factors, Paul. But let's just concentrate on his football, you know. And he hasn't been a car crash yesterday. He hasn't set the world on fire. But he hasn't ignited our worst mm. fears either, you know, which maybe he could. But so far he hasn't. And... And, and I think we need to to accept that, really, because whichever way you look at it, neither Gabbard nor Kaepernick are going to be our quarterback in the substantial long-term future. Ne- neither of those two will. Mm. You know, um, it's it's really a question of playing this season out now. You know, and I know a lot of the guys want us to keep losing so we get the high draft pick, but. Uh, I'm not one of those guys. I want us to be competitive, and even if we win just one more game, you know, as long as we play with the same conviction and a bit of courage like we did last night, you have to take what you're given when when times are this lean, you know. But Kaepernick, yeah, let him play on Sunday. Let's get behind him because he wasn't Mm. awful. He wasn't brilliant, you know, but he is what he is, and we're not really in a position to scream for much better right now. Kev, do you want to come in on this? What, what's your thoughts? I think he's, Kaepernick's been playing within himself compared to 2012. Hmm. Um, it's like he's missing a bit of confidence. His um, completion rate's still not great. He's, I think he's only at like 53%, which really isn't very good. Um, Kev, sorry to butt in, but he doesn't have a talent stack support act that he had in 2012 and that does make a difference you know um, mm. it does make a difference it, it does yes yeah but I mean his yards per attempt is now up at a more reasonable level he's up to about seven yards per attempt which is in which is in a better range than the first couple of games where he's down at like five yards so that we're seeing a improvement I think he's getting used to the tempo and the style of Chip Kelly's offense. We're getting a lot of yards after catch from um, slant routes, outside routes, and they're within a short range where the accuracy doesn't matter as much because the longer his passes get, the worse his accuracy gets. Yeah. So in effect, he's, in effect, he's playing to somewhat of his strengths. If he gets a bit more confidence around his running. Yeah, he could be decent for us for the rest of the season. But he's not a long-term solution for the team. He's not that franchise quarterback. Um, and he's not the kind of one that is going to help nurture any draft pick we may want to get. Because he's he's still not that kind of team leader type person that you need to be able to do that. Looking back to the original question, though, Kaepernick at best can finish 4-1 and one in the five games that we've given him. At worst, he can go... Eh, four and, he, uh, he can finish 1-4, and four, sorry, in the five games we've given him. At worst, he can go 0-5. Should we bench him after the Pats game, no matter what, based on the fact that he has the same or worse record than Blaine Gabbert? It depends on what our objective is for those games after Kaepernick's fifth game in charge. You know, It, it could be that Chip Kelly's objective is to is to give everybody a run out to see who could be the guy going into, you know, next season. Um, so it sort of depends on what the objectives of the team are going to be. Uh, but, I mean, and I think it's important to say this, but uh, amongst ourselves, 
who would we rather have, Kaepernick or Blaine Gabbert? Kaepernick or Blaine Gabbert, you know, and in light of how both of them have played. Now, again, you know, I think... Well, it's, it's, it, that's not really so much the question, is it? Because we've had the Blaine Gabbert five games. It's now Kaepernick yeah, or Christian Ponder. The thing is, there's going to come a point where you say he's played better, even though the results are exactly the same. You know, so does that yeah. mean he is better then? Well, of course it doesn't, you know. In, in mm. no way does it mean that. Um, so, you know, we, it's apples and oranges at the moment. I, I, I'm glad that Kaepernick is, is improving because I think, if anything, it could, we could get more for him should he choose to leave. You know, he may not want to be here. Yeah. So we need to get as much as we possibly can from this fella. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know, mate. It's it's a tough one. It is. Let's get back to some of these Facebook comments. Uh, Mark Harrison, the secondary, was great last night, especially Jimmy Ward. Martin Hughes, everything's going to be okay. It's the Pats next. <laughs> he doesn't really understand the game, does he, too much? Uh, Simon Holdsworth is bringing us back down to earth with a bang. Let's not over-egg this. The Cardinals are not a playoff team this year. One swallow does not make a summer. One close game and one semi-decent performance does not paper over the ridiculous cavernous cracks that are splitting our organization complete and total overhaul is still required unless this is done we're looking at one two or three wins a season for a long while mark lyon with a question for us was the fact that we didn't allow a 100 yard rusher due to our improved defense or the fact that arizona seemed happier passing Answers next week after Blance has his way with us. I think it's a valid point that you know, Arizona are no great shakes. We need to remember that. You know, mm. but, but it says a lot for us that we can actually take some comfort from this. You know, that we're actually not miserable. We're not downbeat. We're actually quite happy that that we didn't yeah. lose. You know, and sometimes that's mm. you've got to take what you're given. And right now, this is what we're given, so we have to take it. Steve Panda Richardson, we still have all the same problems, lack of leaders, lack of linebackers, penalties at the worst time. But for the first time this season, we saw some fight and I was into the whole game because of it. The release from Balky says the Yorks hadn't been cheap and had made money available to the team. It means he knows he's on his way out. What we need to do now is follow the example of the Raiders, veteran leaders on short-term contracts from free agency and high-quality players from the draft. Good points there from Steve. Um, the Raiders, the way they're doing things at the moment, it certainly seems to be working for them. Should we be following their example and bringing in veterans to lead the team? Because we are without leaders, aren't we? Let's face it. Bowman, who knows what's, what he's going to be like when he comes back, if he comes back. Joe Staley's getting to the end of his career. Should we bring in veteran players that can be leaders or should we try and look for new leaders from within the franchise well do we have any leaders apart from Navarro Bowman in the franchise Bethea maybe uh, Reed maybe but real out and out leaders we're going to have to buy those so you, th you think we're going to have to bring them in in the free I agency think so and I also think that we need to be very careful on who we select in free agency and question why we're going to why we're selecting them because with all the good will in the world, Troy Smith is, is shit. You know, I don't. Know. He's not very good. 
Okay, he's not the sort of mm. bloke you want around a rebuild because he's he's clearly in it to earn a paycheck and nothing else. So we need somebody who's going to see this as a project and something that's going to be a little bit count a little towards their own sort of legacy, if you will. You know that hey, I was in, I, I I helped this team get back on its feet, sort of thing. You know, a bit mm. like Richard Dent did when he came to the 49ers from the Chicago Bears. He helped us win a Super Bowl, you know. Um, so we need to be careful who we get in in free agency. Mm. But, you know, we are a young team. We've got a Balky. ton of draft choices. With the right general manager in place, you know, a lot of good things could happen. I'm hopeful that they will happen, but I'll go back to what I just said. With the right general manager, a lot of good things can happen as opposed to the wrong general manager that we've had for far too many years now and it's all gone the wrong the, way. Andrew or Mitchell... The, or the same on, general manager, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew Mitchell's been drinking the Kool-Aid. Four years ago, we beat the Patriots 41-34 in Foxborough when we were at the height of our powers. What chance of a repeat this weekend, uh, this weekend coming up given the improved performance against the Arizona Cardinals? I think we've got two chances... But Slim's left town. Hey! <laughs> that answers it, Andrew. Um, yeah. It, it It's not going to look pretty, is it? It really wait, is. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Well, Buffalo shut them out. That's all I'm going to say. They didn't shut Tom Brady out. They shut the New England Patriots out. <laughs> and we were in a competitive game with them for large periods, so... You know, Deepak, you've been on the Kool Aid as well. Did on Wednesday's podcast when you changed my mind from God. Yes, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still don't, coming to terms with that, lads. <laughs> yeah, but don't you feel better having yeah, done I, it? I want us to win every single game. I really, really do. Of course I, you I do. Truly do. Of course you do. Back to normality. Mark Lyon. Uh, Carlos Hyde was poor yesterday. He was, um, and he's known to have subpar games. Given that and his injury record. Would you trade him if we were offered a second round pick? Yep. That yeah. yeah, that's that's a decent uh, that would be a decent trade for us. Yeah, yeah, in a heartbeat. On the on the proviso that Balky's not getting the second round pick to play with. Yes. Yeah, Balky would just be another um ACL, wouldn't it, let's face he'd it? Balky yeah, it, it, it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, last of the comments from Facebook, Mark Harrison. Last night was the most entertaining loss of the season so far. <laughs> That's a backhanded compliment, isn't Take it? it mate. We're not getting many compliments. No, it was um, it was it was an entertaining game that we just unfortunately lost. Um, uh, I do want to give a quick mention out to Mister Reliable, Phil Dawson, two of two again yesterday. Perfect play. Um, he's got to be Canton bound, surely, as a kicker. Are there are there, are there many kickers yeah, in Canton? A few proper kickers, though. I think Morton Anderson's in there, off the top of my head. Uh, More, I think. Uh, Gary Anderson. Gary, Nick yeah, Lowry. in there. Um, George Blander. Yes. But he he did everything, though, though, didn't he? He um, place kicked, punted, quarterbacked, everything. There, w- there was a time to get into... And I know this, obviously, because I've spent ridiculous amounts of time there. But it wasn't that long ago where to get into Canton, you had to be... Not only the best of the best, but he had to be the very best of that group. And now, I think because the Hall of Fame has a policy where it needs to have people coming in, you know, in order to have somebody in, it might as well be any old... Balky. You know, seriously. 
uh, I, I think, personally, I, and I said that to them, I said, you should draw a line. If there's nobody good enough to get in, then don't induct people. You know, just don't do it. You've got to be at a certain standard to get in to the Hall of Fame. Uh, but the powers that be, and it's commercial, and, and the person who I had this conversation with, he actually listens to our show, right? And he says, yes, I agree with you. You know, he said it off the record. He goes, but it doesn't really work like that in the commercial circles that we live in, which is completely believable. You know, completely believable. Yeah, and they still haven't put Roger Craig there. Well, yeah, we haven't. Yes. But we haven't retired his jersey number either, which irks me more. Which is lunacy. Which, which irks yes. me more than him not being in Canton. How can he get into Canton when we don't recognise him worthy enough to have a shirt retired? And if this is some horrible way of punishing him for that fumble against the Giants, then this nonsense has gone on way too long. You know, it's time to, to let that go. Last couple of stats before we wrap up the show. All positive ones. I'm not doing negative ones today. Um, of the Niners, 15 first downs gained. Four were rushing. 11 were in the air. Eli Harold's sack fumble was the first of his, it was his first career sack. Uh, Quinton Patton has been targeted nine times in each of the last two games, which has only happened once before in his career. And when active, yeah, you know, it's an interesting one. When active, Buckner has played 89.5% of defensive snaps. No other Niners D lineman has over 56%. That's a high percentage when he's been active. Yes. Especially yeah. for a rookie. Mm, yeah. So. That's it for uh, this episode's show. Is there anything you guys want to say before we wrap up? Uh, are we going to beat the Patriots? Of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me that Kool-Aid. I've drank it all, mate. There was none left after last Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we will discuss that on our preview show, which is coming up later this week. Um, but that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks to AudioNautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell, James Little, Mark Lyon, Kev Nail, and Andrew Mitchell, Cap Victorino, Gavin Sutton, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and in the show. I'm going to do that in one breath one day. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook. Search the Frequency49 show. It is time to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, boys. On behalf of Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill, I've been Paul MacDonald, you've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.